Hello everyone. Um, every morning and every evening I pull on my Skechers sneakers and uh, my little dog and I, we go walking throughout our apartment complex. We go all around the multi-building complex, uh, almost a campus you would say where we live. Uh, we go up hills, we go through forests, we go around sidewalks and uh, People will stop me in Stop and Shop, and they'll say to me, aren't you the woman who walks that little dog? I see you out of my apartment all the time. And just last week, uh, one of the neighbors I know said to me, I see you walking all over the place with that little dog. I, I really like walking. And uh, so when we went to visit my niece in Philadelphia, I was very delighted uh, that we were going to go on a guided walking tour of Philly. Part of it was, of course, it was guided, and so we went to visit some historic buildings. And so I pull on my Skechers, and off we went. And we went all around Philly, um, and we went into this beautiful building that had much history in it. I came out. I stepped on stone steps that were now wet with rain. And my sketchers lost their grip and I went sliding down multiple steps on my back and uh, I tried to get up. I stood on my feet again and again, I, my feet went out from under me and I slid down another four steps on my back. Uh, the protection of the Lord, who had made me put my backpack on <laughs> before I left, kept me from having some kind of head or brain injury. But the addition of the water on those stone steps uh, caused me to lose my footing. And what we're going to see today is the addition of false teaching into your life can destabilize us. It can destabilize me, it can destabilize you. And so don't let false teaching destabilize you. So we're going to be reading today, um, our text is in 2 Peter 3, 14 to 17. So some of you are turning there in your Bibles, that uh, verse again is 2 Peter 3, 14 to 17. The focus today is going to be on verse 17, but we're going to start in 14 and take it from there. 2 Peter 3, 14 to 17 reads, Therefore, beloved, since you are waiting for these, and that's speaking of the new heaven and the earth when Jesus returns, be diligent to be found by him without spot or blemish and at peace. And count the patience of our Lord as salvation, just as our beloved brother Paul also wrote to you according to the wisdom given him, as he does in all his letters when he speaks in these matters. There are some things in them, in the letters, that are hard to understand, which the ignorant and unstable twist to their own destruction as they do other scriptures. And now we focus on the verse. You therefore, beloved, knowing beforehand, take care that you are not carried away with the error of lawless people 
and lose your own stability. Therefore, beloved, knowing this beforehand, take care that you are not carried away with the error of lawless people and lose your own stability. Don't let false teaching destabilize you. To destabilize means to make something unstable, not firm or fixed. And so we saw last week in our scripture that people were reading Paul's letters and they were twisting them. In these letters, it says, which the ignorant and unstable twist to your, their own destruction as they do other scriptures. So last week we spoke about the scripture twisters and we said, beware the scripture twisters. So today we're focusing on don't let the scripture twisters destabilize you. Don't let them make you unstable, not firm, not fixed. We saw last week that in these particular verses, the scripture twisters came in two varieties. First, people who are ignorant, ignorant. They're not instructed sufficiently in the way of life as taught by Jesus and by the apostles in turn. And this, of course, includes the entire old for Hebrew scriptures, which we call the uh, Old Testament, and the way of life in Jesus. So at best, we saw that these, the ignorant scripture twisters may not have been long enough in the Lord to be well-grounded and therefore communicating with others on these truths. That's at the best place. But more likely, we're dealing with a group of people here in Second Peter that are not willing to learn. The ignorant, they desire to not submit to the true teaching. And so we were also warned of another type of scripture twister. We were warned to beware the unstable scripture twister. So we don't want the ignorant scripture twister to destabilize us, people who do not know what they are saying or why they are saying it, nor do we want the unstable scripture twister to destabilize us. We were warned to beware of the unstable scripture twister. Now, these are people we saw who are easily misled. The understanding of scripture is superficial. This word describes someone that's not on a firm foundation. And we said it's like an unladen ship, a ship that doesn't have cargo on it, just waving and being tossed, tossed in the wind. The focus here is that they distort and change the meaning of scripture. They distort and they misinterpret. Don't let the unstable scripture twisters destabilize you. Now, we talked about some important ways to help us interpret the scripture properly and to spot the scripture twisters. First and foremost, the Holy Spirit is necessary to lead you into all truth. Invite him to lead you when you hear teaching. Invite him to show you when you read scripture. Invite him in. He is the one who shows us. He's the one that alerts us 
sometimes I, I know in, in our um, praise question we just had, some of you mentioned something inside you told you something was wrong. The Holy Spirit was alerting you that something was wrong with a teaching or in a situation you were seeing. And so the Holy Spirit will do that. The Holy Spirit also, through his scripture, gives us a Holy Spirit methodology, a way to interpret scripture. And though I would love to take us through that today, where we could see right from the scripture where what I'm saying, telling you comes from, alas, we do not have time, but perhaps one day a course will be given. So I want to go over, though, some of the ways to spot and to know what a scripture means so you don't get destabilized by the scripture twisters. Again, last week we said, what did it mean to the original audience? What did the, this scripture say to the first people who were hearing the message? The people who were being addressed by the scripture, it came to them. They were real people in a real time, in a real place. And it was meant to first speak to them in their situation, in their culture. And so a, a quick thing that we said last week, and I say again, is if we just say, could that what it could have meant to the first people who heard this message? The second thing to know is that all scripture has both a cultural or a human component and a timeless component. We know that the word comes to us in human language. That means automatically you have culture involved. But we also know it's God-inspired, that God's words are spirit and life. And so there is a timeless component. So every scripture you pick up has those two. Under the Holy Spirit's guidance, your goal is to understand how what it meant to the first people to leave behind the cultural elements that are not timeless and grab that timeless principle and that timeless principle is then taken by the holy spirit and applied to your life and it can be applied in infinite ways however it will never violate what it meant to the original audience, that is always the same, nor will the timeless principle be changed. That's why it's timeless. And so all things we want to apply to our lives must answer this question under the Holy Spirit's guidance. Is that what it meant to the first people who heard this message? And is that the timeless principle that I'm being directed toward? Or am I picking up something that is cultural to their time that no longer applies because it is not timeless? And we'll see that some people today are taking things that are timeless and declaring it cultural. And that is not proper Bible interpretation. And so, we want to be alert for the scripture twisters. We want to not let the unstable destabilize us. We do not want to let the ignorant destabilize us. And as I mentioned last week, and I will mention now again, right now, the problem is for we believers in 
the people of Jesus Christ is that thanks to mass media, the internet, and social media, you can be at risk for being destabilized by scripture twisters from all over the world, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And so as the world and the pressures increase during the time as the world is moving toward an end, to bring in pressures that tempt us toward being destabilized and listening to the scripture twisters. And so we stand here and say, do not be destabilized by the scripture twisters. Do not be destabilized by the ignorant. Do not be destabilized by the ones who are unstable and are going to pull you by every whim of doctrine. And so I was wishing last week as I did the message, I wish I had a good example that I could have pulled for people, especially from social media where there's a lot of interaction to tell you. And that was my wish. And Monday came and Tuesday came and Wednesday came. And on each of those days last week, I said to myself, it's too bad because here I have three amazing examples of scripture twisters, but I was done preaching on Sunday. But then behold, things changed and I wound up preaching today. So I'm going to pick one of the destabilizing scripture twisting teachings, the false teachings that I heard this week. Now, last week, as you remember, or you may remember, we had a question to talk about a time when the when we were confused or where we were didn't know what a scripture meant and the Lord showed us. And many of us had amazing examples, but I remembered that Pastor Joyce mentioned the fact that as she read through her scripture, There was one scripture, and you can read it if you want at a later point, in Numbers 5, 12 to 31. As she was doing her daily scripture reading, Numbers 5, 12 to 31 would come up year after year. And it, it all, she didn't know what it meant. It always bothered her, but she knew that God was good. And so she knew one day God would show her what this scripture meant. And uh, she would know the timeless principle and she would understand it, even though she didn't see it then. And that's a, that's a good policy. Always remember God is good and keep moving on. And this particular scripture is from the first covenant, which means not the second covenant, which we are now in. The shed blood of Christ has put us As we receive Jesus as our Savior, we are moved into what is called the New Covenant. And the first covenant, which has the 613 laws in it, of which this is one, Numbers 5, 12 to 31. This is one of them. That was meant for people living under that first covenant. And yet, 
we don't toss that scripture out because all scripture is given. And so the particulars of that do not apply today, but the timeless principle must apply today. And Joyce discovered this particular scripture talks about the test where a man thinks his wife has committed adultery, has been unfaithful, and he has feelings of jealousy. And so this adultery is a very serious sin, and to be accused of that or to be thought of that is very serious. So the Lord said, if, some, if a woman is accused of that, you bring her before the priest and you have her stand there, and you write a curse out on a text and you grind up that curse with the ink on it and you put it into a solution, put it into liquid, and the woman is to drink that. If she is innocent, nothing will happen to her from that curse. If she is guilty, her, her abdomen will swell and she will have a history of miscarriages. She will be infertile, in other words. Well, Joyce said, I see what the timeless principle is. One day God revealed it. God is so good that in a patriarchal culture, man cannot be trusted to make a decision like this. And a woman might be suspected her whole life of something she is innocent of. So Joyce discovered the timeless principle is that in these extremely vital matters, life and death matters, God is in charge. Now, interestingly enough, I did not talk to Joyce. I had read the same scripture in times past, and I said to myself, oh, the timeless principle, God is good. He's the one who takes it out of the hands of man and he makes this choice. My daughter writing a book on social justice and the Torah comes to this scripture. She reads the scripture, not talking to Joyce, not talking to me. And she says, oh, the timeless principle. This is so important, and in a patriarchal culture, God reserves the right to make the decision and not leave it in the hands of man. God is good. God is just. And so what happened on the internet on Monday? I mentioned this story to my daughter, Rebecca, that Joyce had told, and I said, it's so interesting, that scripture and how she praised God for seeing that. And Rebecca says to me, it's funny you mention that scripture. It is all over social media right now. I said, it is? She said, yes. She said, people are taking this scripture and saying, because as a judgment, the woman miscarries, that this says it's all right for man to have non-medically necessary abortions. She said, it's all over the internet. You see from this scripture, 
the woman miscarries, so it's all right to cause a woman to lose her baby in an abortion. Now, we've been talked quite a bit about abortion. We've talked quite a bit here that God considers it murder, and we've talked much about why that is. And it is the most abhorrent of crimes against the most helpless being in the world, the unborn child. We have also talked about the fact that uh, there is forgiveness for all who've had it. Anyone who repents can be forgiven, and it's just as if you never sinned. People were taking this scripture and saying, on the internet, this justifies women getting abortions, and it justifies governments giving laws for abortions. Beware the scripture twisters. The timeless principle says what? God is in control of these important matters of life and death, not man. Sounded good. Some of them worked from the Hebrew, not the timeless principle. What can happen with this all over the internet? Women who are in a situation that is very difficult can hear this and be tempted to follow through because of this scripture. People can go and back policies because now God is justifying it, they think. Beware the scripture twisters. A world of harm is unleashed and Christians can hear this and move into sin because someone twisted the scripture and spread it all over the internet in a way that sounds good. Don't let the scripture twisters destabilize you. Don't let the scripture twisters destabilize you. So what then shall we do? It says in verse 13, you therefore, beloved, knowing this beforehand, take care that you are not carried away with the error of lawless people and lose your own stability. Do not let the scripture twisters destabilize your stability. Peter's speaking to the people who are living in a culture where the temptation to do what the culture is doing is high. They are living in a time when the teachers want to teach so that sin can be justified. And Peter says to them, look, it's already happening, but I'm also warning you, it's going to be worse as the time of Jesus coming and the judgment draws near. And so he speaks to the beloved, and I speak to you, the beloved. We know this beforehand. We know this. We are being warned to beware the scripture twisters. We are being warned of this. They are here now, and they will be increasing. We once at Westchester Chapel did a sermon series on signs of the last days from the book of Matthew, uh, chapter 24, I believe. 
And there are lots of signs in the end, but when we all got done preaching all our messages, when we stood back, we all saw, you know what the biggest sign of the end times is? The rise of deception. The rise of deception. And so as the world is winding down, deception is rising. And we're told to not let the scripture twisters destabilize us, to not let the ignorant and the unstable destabilize us. And we're to take care that we are not carried away, carried away. The picture here is that the false teachers are being carried away with their false teaching to the point of judgment. And it's saying, do not get in the stream with them. Do not get in the stream with them, especially in this context of Second Peter with the ones trying to justify sin. Do not get carried away with the error of lawless people, the error of lawless people. And so the particular deception is you can sin and it's okay that it doesn't affect you. It would affect you at the coming judgment. In fact, the coming judgment may not even happen. The teachers are teaching, you can do what you want. And in this particular case, it especially is focusing in the book of Second Peter on sexual immorality, on immorality that's uh, maybe even happening at the church services, worshiping in the way the pagans worship in that day. Don't get carried away from this. As we said before, and we will say again, sin destroys everything good. And it's saying this error, it's, it's got a sense of it being inspired by the demonic in it. And so don't uh, be carried away with, meaning don't be joining with these teachers in this lawlessness. Now, part of the scripture twisting is a misunderstanding of Paul, which I think is referred to, of law and of grace. I've heard people say, throw out the Ten Commandments, they're terrible. Oh, really? I've heard people misunderstand. Now, Paul speaks in a certain way. He talks about salvation by grace through faith. And he tells you, if you try to be saved by the law, you will get nowhere. Salvation does not come through the law. And therefore, in that sense, the law is weak and miserable if, it, if you try to be saved by it. But Paul also says in his studies in the book of Romans and in other texts, the law is holy and good. And he talks about people who don't know how to use the law. And Paul quotes the law in, for example, 1 Corinthians, and he takes a principle from it and applies it. So we need to be clear on this. The law and the timeless principles contained in the law show you what sin is, and that's good. It is good that you have the law that you can see what is sin. As Paul wrote, 
I would have not known what it meant to do not steal unless the law had told me. As I've said in the past, and I'll say again, the law is like a thermometer. It does not make you better, but it will tell you you are sick. And so the timeless principles contained in the law, which Jesus spoke, I say to you, whoever you have seen that it says, do not commit adultery, the law. I say to you, whoever lusts after a woman has already committed adultery in his heart. And so we see that the, that Jesus does not throw out the law. He says, this is a timeless principle that if you are moving in sexual immorality in your mind or in your actions, this is not how kingdom people live. And so, praise the Lord, the blood of Christ, Jesus, seeking forgiveness, repentance, and being cleansed is how you are saved. That is the antibiotic, not just the test to see you're sick. And that is who saves you, your connection with him. And that is who you stay in relationship with. When there is sin, the Holy Spirit shows you, you plead the blood of Christ, you turn from it, and you are in God's people. You are not falling in and out of the covenant every four, four seconds. And so praise the Lord. So this group seems to have taken the writings of Paul and backed it up by saying, hey, we can live how we want. And sin, sin doesn't matter. But we saw in Second Peter, by whatever you're enslaved to, that's going to be your master. And so, beloved, knowing beforehand, let us not be carried away with the error of lawless people, people who throw out the way God shows us sin and lose our own stability. Praise God. The law of the spirit of life sets us free from the law of sin and death. And so we are able by the Holy Spirit to live and walk in him. If we sin, the Holy Spirit will show us. And the law will help us to see, hey, that's sin. I'm certainly not going to reform myself and get out of this. Back to the Lord. So, beloved, knowing this beforehand, take care that you are not carried away with the error of lawless people and lose your own stability. Don't let the scripture twisters destabilize you. Don't let the ones who twist law and grace destabilize you. Don't let the ignorant destabilize you. Don't let your temp temptations that you want to do, sin you might want to participate in, draw you to the false teaching that destabilizes you. And also, I have to say, do not let pain in your life seek the quick solution from the false teacher and destabilize you. And destabilize you. Beloved, take care that you are not destabilized. The stability, it's a point of, of uh, strength. It's a point that's fixed. And so 
in Christ, stay in that place. And staying on that firm foundation is stability that Peter talked about. Living out of the stability of the life and faith in Christ and the foundation of this instruction of Christ's teachings, that is the best defense against instability. Don't let the scripture twisters destabilize you. It's been quite a week for me. I've had many tough weeks, many weeks full of spiritual warfare, but this past week has probably been the highest. There were crises that Jim and I were dealing with this week that several of them, two of them, were of the most severe nature. And so we were feeling like in this time of intensity, things, things are, are coming and going. And, but you know what? The solid word, the foundation in our life keeps us, keeps us from not being destabilized. The Holy Spirit, the word that was taught, the gifts he's given stabilized us through a week that was just unbelievable. And having passed through all this this week with things being thrown at us from the right and from the left, this morning I get up to finalize this message that I was not even supposed to be preaching but because of all that happened, here we are. And all of a sudden, this very morning at seven o'clock on our new time, the fire alarm in this building goes off at a piercing level. Jim comes from the other room and says, did you burn something? I'm like, no, I didn't burn something. And so, Everything's going off. The lights are flashing. Uh, but you know what? We grab the dog. We grab, we grab our coats and we go out because we know that in times of crisis like this, when everything is destabilized, you know what you're supposed to do. Get out the door. <laughs> in the same way, God has given you the teachings the life, everything you need to not lose your stability. And so, praise the Lord. Do not let the scripture twisters destabilize you. And I am positive that if you are willing to let the Holy Spirit lead you in this matter, you will stand firm. Don't let the scripture twisters destabilize you. Let's pray. Holy Father, we praise your name. We praise you that your words are spirit and life. We praise you that your words bring stability. We praise you that your word, because they are spirit and life, communicate your very life to us as we read them. 
Man does not live by bread alone, but every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. And so, Lord, we come before you and we tell you and you know that we are in trying times. We are in times where deception is just going off the charts. We are in times where false teaching and false words, some some small and yet not good and some really harmful word, are just flowing all over the airways and all over the internet and all over social media 24-7, Lord. And people are being, even people, Lord, who know you, uh, we hear people who seem so strong at some point being carried away by error, Lord. And so, Lord, we tell you we don't want to be in that group. And so, Lord, we ask you to, Holy Spirit, that you would heighten our awareness of the scripture twisters, the ignorant and the unstable. We ask you, Lord, that you will feed us your word. We ask you, Lord, that you will continue to teach us and stabilize us in your word. And we ask you, Lord, right now, because temptation is what opens our ears uh, to the false teaching, the temptation to fit in with the culture. Forgive us, Lord, if we have sinned in that way and desire to fit in and to go with false teaching. Forgive us, Lord, if, if we have had pain in our lives, often pain, Lord, that we have not addressed through you and heal us of this pain, because pain, Lord, raises the desire to have us healed and often we are tempted to grab at a quick fix at a false teaching at something that sounds like it will work and bring us relief forgive us for that lord and heal us man does not live by bread alone but every word that comes from your mouth and you say feed on my words my words are are spirit and my words are life and so lord stabilize us now by your word and so lord we just come and we lay our lives out before you and we ask for your cleansing jesus we ask for your healing and we ask for your wholeness we ask for your forgiveness if we have given in to twisting scripture or or hearing or receiving it just clean us of that we ask you to heal us lord if the pain in our life is is tempting us to listen to the scripture twisters lord and so we pray lord that we would be stable in you that we would be stable in you and if if you feel the Lord talking to you now, if you feel his spirit, just say between you and him, Lord, I want to be stable in you. I want to be stable in you. And we will not be 
destabilized. We will be strong in you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you were moved by today's message, that was the Holy Spirit wooing you to himself. God created the entire universe so that he could be in relationship with us, so that he could be in relationship with you. His son came to the earth. Though he was completely without sin, he died the death of a sinner, took all of our sins upon himself, and was resurrected so that we could have eternal life. All we need to do is accept what he did for us. You can find out more at westchesterchapel.org forward slash salvation. But why not pray with me right now? Lord Jesus, thank you for suffering and dying for me. Thank you that your death atoned for everything that I've done to separate me from you. I pray that you would forgive me of my sins, wash me clean, and Holy Spirit, come into my life and empower me to live for you. Amen. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, we'd love to know about it. Please send an email to info at westchesterchapel.org. Now, our website is under construction right now, so these links may or may not work. But if you go to westchesterchapel.blogspot.com, in the right-hand column, you'll see an article on salvation and a way to get in touch there. If you live in or near Westchester County, we hope you'll join us. Find out when we're meeting at westchesterchapel.org. Again, that website may be under construction, but be patient with us. Also, if you're outside of the area, you can join us on Zoom, and that info will be there as well. But we do encourage you to get plugged into a local body of Christ-centered, Bible-believing Christians. Lord bless you.